Welcome to the No Right Way, the Messy Road to Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. We will be talking about the fears around body image, control with food, and how to challenge the expectations of diet culture and fat phobia. We're your hosts, Allison Gomez, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Katie Gaston, registered dietitian. Now, before we get started, this podcast is not a replacement for therapy, nor is it meant to be used for mental health, nutritional, medical, or psychiatric treatment. If you are needing assistance, go to www.therapyden.com or inclusivetherapist.com to find a therapist in your area. For nutritional support, visit eatright.org to find a registered dietitian. Hi, welcome back. Hello, everyone. We are on our last episode of this series. Yes. We're going to be talking about recovery in general and how there's not really a certain look to how recovery mm-hmm. is supposed to happen mm-hmm. or a certain way. It's just, I don't know, like super vague, but also not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited about this episode today. And I think it's kind of a good, like, I don't know, just wrap up of everything that we've talked about, but also just kind of, I don't know, just showing what it really looks like, because I get that question a lot from clients, you know, especially when they're first starting out in recovery of like, what does this even look like going forward? You know, what does it look like to be like, quote unquote, recovered or like in recovery or like in maintenance of recovery? Um, So I think this is going to be a super cool episode. Yeah, because there's, I don't know, like, I remember when I was like reading books on like eating disorders or, you know, like clinical, cause I was, I was a nerd. I like bought my first DSM in high school <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And, you know, just kind of memorizing all the symptoms of like anorexia nervosa and bulimia mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing that really, that always stood out to me is like, you never truly can be recovered from this. Yep. It's kind of like a lifelong thing. Yep. And as I've gotten older and more experience and kind of like really looking at the isms, it's like, is it because you truly don't get over it or is it because diet culture makes it really like impossible to truly recover in the ways that we talk about, like, I don't know, like other illnesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it just, there really isn't a lot of images other than like, you're never actually going to be good other than like, maybe you'll have mm-hmm. good days and bad days and mm-hmm. everything in between. Yep. Totally. And yeah, from my kind of um, experience, you know, being recovered, whatever, whatever I want, (laughs) I don't even know what to call it. Um, I definitely had like a similar kind of um, messaging towards, you know, I think when I first started getting into eating disorders professionally, you know, I was coming out of school and knew that I really wanted to work in the field. And yeah, it was just kind of this overall idea that, yeah, you're never really recovered. Like you basically just, you know, um, have to, it almost felt like it was like this monster that you just like always had to be fighting to contain. And like, that was the way that you were going to like, you know, stay in recovery as if this like monster was like contained and trapped. And if you like let you know, if you kind of like let your guard down, it would just be let loose all over again. And you would like relapse and it would just be like this whole thing. Um, and so that's, that's kind of scary. I mean, and it also made, I think me think of my eating disorder as 
just like, I don't even know how to put this because I think so differently of it now, but just like such a bad, horrible, dark thing, which like it definitely was at times, but the way that I kind of think about it now and the way that I kind of approach it with clients is that like my eating disorder was a coping tool, you know, when I was going through, you know, rough times in childhood and especially in high school, like that was how I coped with things was my eating disorder. And, you know, now I can look back and kind of say like, oh, that makes sense. You know, like that's, it makes sense as to why that was like my kind of lifeboat at the time. And now, you know, I don't need it anymore. I don't need that lifeboat. You know, I have tons of other, you know, much more helpful and healthy support systems in my life. Um, and so the way that I kind of view recovery is not that it's like, you're either recovered or not recovered, or like you relapse. And so therefore you're no longer in recovery or like you're ever like fully recovered. Like, I think it's way less like binary than that. I think it's just kind of like, you know, I haven't, you know, engaged in my eating disorder in God, like 10 years now, (laughs) like it's been, you know, so in all, for all accounts and purposes, you know, I am recovered. Um, but that doesn't mean that like eating disorder thoughts don't like pop up because that's kind of, you know, going to be something, you know, if I'm really, really stressed out or like, I'm, you know, really just like burned out or, you know, struggling in some ways. And like, my brain's going to be like, Hey, remember when we did this thing? And it was like, (laughs) you know, the way that we coach with things, like, remember when we did that? And so now I can like see those like signals popping up and I'm just like, Oh, it's more of like a flag of like, Oh, why am I like suddenly, you know, thinking like eating disorder thoughts or like diet culture thoughts? Like, why is, why are those suddenly popping up? Like, Hmm you know, maybe I really need to like rest and recharge. Like maybe I really need to like increase my other support systems. Like it's not so much that I'm like, Oh my God, you know, like now the monster is unleashed. (laughs) Like, it's just kind of like, it's there, but not really. And, um, and so I think that's how I've kind of come to think of it. And I think that that for me was just so much more like empowering of like, really seeing how my eating disorder helped me in a lot of ways, but also in the ways that it really was not helpful and incredibly, you know, painful and other ways at times. And of course this was through, you know, like lots of therapy and lots of, you know, processing it. Um, because I think, like I said, I never received like quote unquote formal treatment. Um, but I, you know, kind of like worked my way through it and then also, you know, like saw a therapist. Um, and so that's kind of how I got to be where I am now. And now I work with people with eating disorders and, um, I guess it shows because I, you know, on my website, I like talk about my story a little bit. Um, but I don't necessarily like right off the bat, you know, if I'm working with clients, say like, oh, I have an eating disorder, like, you know, and kind of like, I only bring it up if it's, you know, like seems relevant or helpful, but I do get that question a lot. So I guess I kind of show my colors of like, I know how tricky eating disorder, you know, thoughts and voices can be, you know, so I kind of, um, I I know, like, I've been there, I get it. I understand, you know, a lot of the ways that it kind of pops up in, yeah, just tricky or nuanced ways. Um, But at the same time, like everyone's eating disorder is going to be different. Everyone's eating disorder recovery is going to look different. Um, So like, I bring my own experience in as like, I get it. But at the same time, like, you know, very open minded as like, this was my experience. (laughs) Like, this is the way that I 
you know, processed it and went through it. And that's not necessarily going to be, you know, similar or exactly the same to how other people, you know, do it or process it. Yeah. Cause I'm like thinking like how that was like, it's so not like my experience, but I think we had mm-hmm. a lot of similarities in the sense that it wasn't like formally treated, even mm-hmm. though I did have a therapist, it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily that was like, it wasn't like, and I guess like formal and I'm going to put formal in like air quotes. Right. Yeah. Not I guess I see- should, yeah. 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 Definitely go into more detail of like what I mean. Cause I feel like we probably mean the same thing by formal treatment. So yeah, I think that would be good to kind of clarify that. Like when I think formal treatment and I remember looking up things because it was, there's something oddly comforting thinking about like, Hey, this thing said I had an eating disorder and therefore mm-hmm. in theory, I could go to like these treatment facilities. So when I think mm-hmm. treatment, like you, it's like, you know, um, what you see in the movies or on mm-hmm. documentaries where you're sent yep. to a treatment facility and you yep. have to share a room and you have all yep. these like <laughs> it's inpatient mm-hmm. and so I never received anything like that mm-hmm. yeah or been out a part of an outpatient program more like I had a therapist mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was one of the many things that came up um mm-hmm. and you know me appreciating okay this was a coping mechanism that I held mm-hmm. on very hard onto like mm-hmm. oh you want me to let it go no this mm-hmm. is my warm and safe cozy place but also like being able like oh it also feels good not to yes what mind blown right you know? <laughs> it's complicated <laughs> it really is and I think that's and I think that's the point of why we're talking about it because mm-hmm. it doesn't have to look a certain way and you don't even have to be 100% invested mm-hmm. in your recovery for you to be w- wanting to feel better or yeah. wanting to recover because I know yeah. I never I fought it long and hard. Mm-hmm. Completely. And I really like that as kind of like more of a realistic, again, like getting out of the binary of like, oh, I'm a hundred percent in to do this eating disorder recovery. Therefore, like that is when I can do it. But more of like, you just take it step by step, you know, like, I don't even, I can't say it's like, it's so weird for me to like, say how long I've been quote unquote recovered. And I'm just going to stop saying quote unquote, um, because it's just kind of, it's blurry. It's not like there was one day where I was like, okay, now <laughs> like I am officially starting recovery. And like, you know, from this day forth, I will know this as my recovery day, which, you know, for some people, maybe that is what that looks like. Um, but yeah, for me, it was, no, it was, it was like a letting go process. It was like a letting go of that coping tool that I was using and building and strengthening my other coping tools and support systems and just slowly letting it go. And like you're saying, it's really hard. I mean, it wasn't like all my eating disorder stop, you know, eating disorders thoughts stopped like all at once. It was like, you know, I'd tackle like a bunch of them and then there'd be one that kind of lingered and kept like coming back over and over and over. And so then I had to kind of like work through that one And like we've touched on before, like society is anti-recovery. I mean, so it's really hard. Like you can get triggered constantly. I mean, like I said, like I, you know, have been recovered for a long time and I work in this space. Like, you know, I work with eating disorders. Like I'm very knowledgeable about them and like, you know, all the ins and outs of diet culture and all that crap. And I still get triggered. I mean, for sure. I mean, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like, there's nothing wrong. Like, I think kind of what we were touching on earlier, like, I don't really like this idea of like, 
trigger equals relapse equals like you fell off the bandwagon, like kind of like maybe like the more traditional models of like addiction recovery, you know, where it's kind of like all or nothing of like, you know, whether you use a substance or not, which like I understand for those, you know, modality, like that's, it needs to look a certain way. But like, I think we kind of sometimes translate that into eating disorder recovery. And I think it just looks it looks different, um, at least in my experience and my experience working, working with clients. So I don't really like this idea of like, oh, I was triggered. So now I'm back, you know, I have to start over in my recovery or whatever. Like it's more of a, like triggers are definitely going to happen. I mean, it's just kind of like the norm. And unfortunately, cause they're not fun. It's, it's mm-hmm. like uncomfortable to be triggered. Um, but now it's kind of like, again, I try to use, utilize it as a signal like, Ooh, why am I triggered by this? You know, like that's another way for me to explore and learn more about myself. Yeah. Well, you know, what you're talking about is surprisingly common when people are feeling better in general, like mm-hmm. outside of just eating disorders. Like if you have anxiety or depression and you start feeling better and then you mm-hmm. have a particularly hard day where maybe you're crying a lot more or it's difficult mm-hmm. to get out of bed or whatnot. And it's like, oh no, I'm backsliding. You know, I, I'm mm-hmm. depressed again. I'm anxious again. I'm mm-hmm. insert whatever symptom again. And it's like, no, you're, you could be tired mm-hmm. or maybe you had a rough day and you need like that downtime. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like this Gilmore girl reference where, um, so if you, I mean, it's from like what the 2000s. So I don't feel like I should have to ha- say spoiler alert. Or no, whatever, but <laughs> no, so when I, we're, I think so, everyone who's watched Gilmore Girls, and if not, it by this point. you can just like skip like a minute or so. I like, I like the forethought though, there might be some people out there that like, it might be a Gilmore Girls spoiler. <laughs> so Rory and Dean, like Dean breaks up with the Rory and she mm-hmm. acts as if everything's okay. Mm-hmm. But what she really needed was space to wallow and just feel sad and grieve. And, yeah. and it seems so pathologized to like be triggered, to be sad, mm-hmm. to be upset, to be mm-hmm. whatever. It, like we rather be like worry and be like no we're gonna move on and just push through it but like mm-hmm. if you're feeling triggered you're feeling triggered and mm-hmm. it doesn't say anything about where you're at in terms of your recovery it just means something's going on so yeah. what's really going on like I know for totally. me like when I'm triggered it tends to be like when I'm feeling more insecure about myself maybe in yeah. other areas of my life because you mm-hmm. I mean weight really is never truly 100% about weight. Exactly. Exactly. It's the answer to everything. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the answer to a perfect life. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, or what we're sold, obviously. Um, So yeah, it's like, if you're, you're having desires of weight loss, it's like, okay, well, what is beneath that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you said, it's always something else, you know, it's always more things. Mm -hmm. And even if it's like people being fat phobic, because that's also Mm -hmm. like a very legitimate reason why somebody would engage in like weight loss behaviors. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the weight. it's, it's hard to navigate this world when people are engaging in those kind of micro macro aggressions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think body size is like, you know, because there's been privilege in our society. And so it feels like a privilege that you have control over, you know, where it's like, oh, if I'm in a larger body, like I could, you know, control my weight into like a thinner body into a thin privilege scenario. And, you know, it makes sense as to like why that's our thinking, because we're sold time and time again, that like, we have complete control over our weight. And, 
that, you know, if we are a certain size, it's because, you know, we have made ourselves to be that size Mm -hmm. kind of type thinking when really like, it's so much biology, like, you know, our bodies, like we're meant to have so many different bodies, shapes and sizes. And like, I think we really need to remember that there's, you know, natural, you know, bodies, shapes and sizes and diverse, you know, amount of shapes and sizes. And then there's the beauty ideal. Like those are two very different things, but we're merging them together into like, there is one body shape and type that is like acceptable and okay. And now the medical system is coming in and saying like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's the only size and acceptable shape. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's all just BS. (laughs) It's all arbitrary, you know? And, but, and so kind of like going into that, like when, you're not feeling confident about yourself when you're feeling triggered, when you're like, oh, I did so well and feeling good about my body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now I feel particularly more vulnerable. Oh, well, what was the point of doing all of this? Yeah. It can Mm -hmm. feel really, it can really get you into a place of why am I even trying? Yes. Yes. Because I think our expectation of, um, you know, being, you know, like, loving our bodies and like having really good body image means that we will never have bad body image days. Like we will love our bodies at all times. It'll just be this really great, you know, unconditional like relationship. And that's just not how it is or realistic. And like, like you're saying, it's like, anytime we put anything into a binary, like it's not going to feel good because as soon as we're, you know, like flipping back and forth, it can feel like, yeah, like, what was this all for? Like, Oh, now I've, regressed back into, you know, the ways that I used to think, like, what was the whole point of doing all that work? Mm-hmm. Right. And it, one of the things that stuck out was like this unconditional love. See, I, and you know, and, and okay, maybe it's because I, I would say like, I learned this in my graduate school program, but I did not learn this in my graduate school program. Um, Like there's this idea that unconditional love or unconditional acceptance means that you're like, feel good positive all the time Mm -hmm. it just means Mm -hmm. like I accept you regardless Mm -hmm. of what happens but I'm still pissed off what relationship (laughs) in the world where where you can love someone unconditionally and like never be mad because I can't not think of exactly like I'm thinking even inanimate objects like I get mad at my computer I get mad at my phone (laughs) I threaten my phone like how dare you true yeah my email like there is no relationship on this planet that is exactly 100% happy all the time. Exactly. I'm just going to equate it. Like usually with clients, like I'll try and equate it. Like if they have like a cat or a dog, you know, be like, you love your cat or dog, but like sometimes they drive you crazy. And now with a new puppy, like I love her, but like, oh my God, <laughs> like she is a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of the times. And I think it's also this idea that like you're building trust with yourself. Like I tell clients, like you might not trust your body right away and that's okay. And that makes sense. You know, like, it's kind of like that trust has been broken. Like that connection has been broken. So we just need to rebuild it. We need to repair it. And that will just take time. Just like with any relationship, you know, if any relationship where your trust has been broken, like you're not necessarily going to jump right back in the next day and be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Totally hundred percent trust you. Like my guards down. We're totally good. Hmm. Um, you know, it's going to take time to kind of build that back. Um, and it's yeah, it's never gonna look like, oh my God, yes, it's rainbows and butterflies every single day. And it's just so great and magical. Like maybe it'll be like that majority of the days and that would be really cool and awesome. But like, 
to think that it's like that every day or that you're not going to have really just like blah body days. <laughs> like it's just not realistic. I'm, I'm thinking about my one act I wrote like in high school and how like the ending of my, of it was like very like, you know, like sitcom, like you always had that one episode where like, oh, I, you know, I want to lose a little bit of weight so I can like fit in my prom dress or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or whatever, you insert thing. And, mm-hmm. and then like turns into like this full blown eating disorder mm-hmm. and like within like 10 minutes of the show. And then like the last like 10, five, 10 minutes is like, you don't have to do that. Just love yourself. And then yes. everything's completely fine. And like, then everything's fine. <laughs> like as yeah, if yeah. it's like nothing really even happened. And yeah. I remember writing like that for my, like my one act, like mm-hmm. here's this person who had this big eating disorder and then mm-hmm. they got, she got confronted and then it's like, and now I'm happy again. Like as yeah. if, and it's like, it's not usually like a straight line like that. There's yes. so many yeah. twists and turns. It's more like, how do you start embracing this journey of learning to build mm-hmm. a relationship with your body instead of just like fixing it? Exactly. You're, as you're talking, I'm like being transported, like blast into the past where I have not thought about this in a really long time, but there was a Lizzie, a Lizzie McGuire episode, um, a single episode where like Miranda, like started having an eating disorder and then like, yeah, kind of, I don't remember the details, but I'm pretty sure the flow is exactly what you said. It's like, she was really stressed, had eating disorder. People said like, Hey, what's going on? Are you okay? And then she's like, I am doing this. And they're like, love yourself. And then she's like, okay. And that was like one episode arc. Like, and it's just, yeah. I mean, it's music like, video. <laughs> and, um, I think too, like, I want to bring in like people don't go into having an eating disorder, like wanting an eating disorder, like you start off or you might start off or like a lot of people did, or like I did, like you kind of like it builds over time. Like, it's not like I went into it of like, Ooh, I want an eating disorder. It was like, you know, I was going through puberty and like felt really insecure about my body and like everyone else around me was like dieting and stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try dieting. And then like, you know, and then it kind of just like snowballed from there. And then it's just kind of like, you realize one day, like, I remember kind of like what you're saying about the DSM five. Like, I remember Googling, like, what are like, what's the criteria of like having an eating disorder. And it was like, I saw myself like slowly, like starting to check off more and more symptoms. And then it was just kind of hit me one day of like, Oh shit, like, <laughs> the, Oh, this is happening. Um, but I still wanted to keep it very much secret. I mean, nobody knew like it was, mm-hmm. it was, I like protected my eating disorder because yeah, it, I mean, that was my coping, like I've said before. And so, yeah, all of that to say, like, it's messy and complicated to get into it. And it's messy and complicated to have recovery because you don't just go into it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have an eating disorder. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't think that's how most disorders go. I mean, even yeah. when people get addic- addicted to substances, they don't go mm-hmm. in thinking like, hey, I, would I really, really want to be love, addicted. Like, yeah. I really <laughs> would love to be addicted to math. That just sounds right? lovely. Like, exactly. nobody, it just, it kind of just happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, things, yeah, like things build up and it, it's going to take time for it to remove those blocks. And I think for a lot of people, um, there's this sense of like desperation of, I just want to feel better now. Like mm-hmm. I've been doing this yes. all this time, like I've all these years and yep. I just want to feel better. Yeah. 
And so there's yeah. like this additional pressure of, okay, well now that I decided I want to feel better, it has to be like really good. Like, yep. <laughs> like, yep. and yes. it's yes. not. Yes. So much. Yes. It's yeah. It's, it's hard. I mean, that's why recovery is hard. It's step-by-step. Step, it's like, yeah, you think you're like, Ooh, I'm, I'm, you know, making progress, like doing all my stuff. And then something else comes up where you're like, Ooh, I have not even explored that. Like now I kind of feel like I, you know, need to like dive deep again. Um, and I think that's why also like, it's so important to know that like recovery looks different in so many different ways, because especially I think with social media, like, while you know, kind of like these eating disorder recovery videos are great of like, you know, um, like I'm kind of thinking of like, I know there was like a trend of like influencers being like, this is what I eat in a day. Um, I'm kind of thinking of it like that, where while, you know, some videos might be really nice to kind of show like maybe like what eating disorder recovery looks like, you know, of like, oh, like this is what my day looks like now that I'm recovered. I think that sometimes like we need to remember to not um, have it be like, it's always going to look exactly like that, like whatever that influence or whatever that person with the platform, like that's their specific kind of day and that day and time. And that's also like the highlight reel of the day. <laughs> like they might not necessarily be showing, you know, all the really, really messy dark parts. Um, but that like, you know, there is no like one way to do it. Like there's no one way, like, I think that's the point, honestly, as I'm like thinking about it is that like me recovering from my eating disorder meant that I got to live a human, messy, full life, you know, like I, I wasn't, you know, like just trapped in this just world of like, you know, my eating disorder, like it really cut off so many things for me. Um, so recovery meant that I got to be like my full self, you know, I got to like express myself. I got to, you know, work through really tough stuff without having to like engage in like eating disorder things. And I think that's kind of the point is that like, you get to like recover you again, <laughs> like if I'm going to be cheesy, like you get to recover, like all the messiness, you get to recover just being human. You get to recover like creativity. You get to recover like your intuitive self. You get to recover like, you know, just the gray areas of everything, you know, not the black and white of like this or this, like it gets to be nuanced. It gets to be so much more, um, than just kind of like a very prescriptive, very like set way of it looking a certain way. Yeah. I'm just thinking about like my own like recovery and like how much deeper my relationships have gotten and mm -hmm. just, how much I'm willing to risk in like my business in terms of how I'm expressing myself and what I'm sharing in, in the content I'm creating um, because there wasn't enough energy and room for things like that mm -hmm. when you're spending it on, okay, one, how do I keep this a secret? And two, mm -hmm. how do I micromanage every little thing or not thing exactly. or whatever mm -hmm. that you're doing? Like there's mm -hmm. so much energy that's used in other areas. So how are you supposed to really truly enjoy these, these other options, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and it is messy, but that's, I think that's part of the beauty of it. It's like, how do you embrace that mess of 
I guess like working through this so you can have a different kind of life mm-hmm. and then and person almost, that messy too <laughs> exactly and like as you're thinking I'm like what's coming up is like it's like the beauty of like letting go of the control like I get it like my anxiety loves control like anytime that I could like have any iota of thinking that I had control over like life then like that's where my anxiety jumps on that so I know that that was like a large part of like what my eating disorder was about was like the control of it and it's like when you like surrender that when you just like kind of just like let that go which does not happen overnight like that's the point it's like it takes a long time but it's just so just amazing that I kind of just I trust my body to figure it out where I'm like "Hmm, I'm like especially hungry today like I don't know why you know like but I'm just gonna eat food and that's fine you know like I was really snacky yesterday where I felt like I just was like I just want to eat snacks all day and like you know I did and that's fine and then there's other days where I'm like I'm really struggling today like I just nothing sounds good like I don't much of an appetite or like, you know, I'll eat half the lunch that I usually do. Cause I'm just like, I'm really just not hungry. And like, you kind of just like allow yourself like the waves of just different flow of what it looks like. And it's just like, I, I don't need to like control or like try to be like, Ooh, like that's not okay. Like, you know, this, this being hungry is not okay. Like, it's kind of just like, Hmm, I wonder why I'm hungry, but uh, like, I don't know why there could be like a million reasons why I'm hungry and I'm just gonna like feed my body because that to me is more important because like I I know what my body felt like in my eating disorder and I'm just like now like I remember in the Taylor Swift documentary she said like she kind of like touched upon like having an eating disorder and she's like when the eating disorder thoughts show or like when they pop up in my head, I just kind of have to say like, not, we're not doing that. Like we've been there, we've done that. We're not doing that. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what it feels like. I'm just like, not, we're not going down that road again. Like we're just, we're just not going to engage in that. Um, but it, it takes a while to get there. Like Mm -hmm. it's not going to be easy to get to that point where you can kind of just like, not, we're not doing that. And I do want to say like, when we say not easy, it doesn't also mean it's there's always challenge to anything that you're trying to make a shift in whether that's like you're a shift in your attitude towards your body or trying to remember to answer whatever new habit like Mm -hmm, (laughs) it's just it it takes some time and some of these things are more deeply rooted Mm -hmm. and there is this fear element of okay I'm jumping it from this thing that I know into this Mm -hmm. unknown I've never had a relation you know Mm -hmm. like consciously I never had a relationship where I felt comfortable with my body so how am Mm -hmm. I supposed what am I what is that supposed to look like that I don't even Mm -hmm. know what that's supposed to look like yeah I remember my one of my former therapists said um it's like the Indiana Jones when you jump off the cliff into like past the waterfall which by the way I still have not seen so um (laughs) but that but that metaphor always like sticks in my head or that example kind of the like jumping before you know where you're gonna land kind of thing like the leap of faith type (laughs) yeah yeah and so like it's a little bit like that which is really terrifying Mm -hmm. which is why it doesn't happen have have to happen all at once because you have to build up that trust that you're gonna be okay and if you can't tolerate the distress of 
letting go, then you're not mm-hmm. going to let go. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you you can't do things to like learn to trust yourself. It, mm-hmm. it just might look, it's just going to look different per person. And, mm-hmm. and at some point yeah. it is possible to let go. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know how old I am. I'm 35. I'm 35. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And like, I had a lot of my relationship was controlling what I ate and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so like, here I am in this relationship of, okay, I'm going to learn how to honor my hunger in a way mm-hmm. that honors like me or whatever, you know, like, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's great. And I'm like, Ooh, that totally hit the spot. Like, Ooh, mm-hmm. like I felt mm-hmm. that in my soul. And other yes. times like, Oh, I overdid it. You know, yeah. but it's not like a personal failure. It's more mm-hmm. like, okay, something went, let, let's be curious about what happened, you know? And, totally. and that's okay. Cause how you eat during the day, it's also not like this binary experience. It's exactly. just, you're just being you. Why can't you just be you? <laughs> Exactly. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, just the, I mean, I think that's also something like to talk about the food directly, you know, being a dietitian, I feel like I like sometimes I talk about the food directly, but like, I love food. Like, it's like, I love going out and eating dinner with friends. Like I love going out and, you know, like going out just specifically for dessert. Like I have a huge sweet tooth, like And it's just like recovering all of that. I'm just like, that's all fine. Like I love food and I love enjoying food. And like, um, you know, it's like, and yeah, just letting, letting go of that, like control of that has just made it just all the more just enjoyable and pleasurable. Cause now, yeah, I can have desserts that like hit the spot or like whatever, you know, some food, some dinner, some thing that like was just yeah hit the spot where you're just like that like made my soul happy and then there's other times where it's like I thought you know the food or dessert was going to do that and then it was just kind of disappointing you're like oh the flavor was kind of whatever or like you know just didn't you know hit it right mm-hmm. and that's okay too like yeah it's a bummer and you're just like oh, man <laughs> you know like that was disappointing but like it's not it's not the end of the world anymore like it's not like it, like I often tell people it's kind of like we put food on this like elevated platform like it's almost like above us in like some like you know earth like goddess like godly way and it's kind of like bringing the food back down to like earthly level but like it's it's food you know like it's it might feel like it contains you know like a lot of power or like a lot of um I don't know just like elevated energy but like really it's you know working through bringing it back down to like it's food like how we interact with it you know it's just going to be different for everyone and that's okay and like it's just kind of like healing those relationships with that food you know and it just it's going to look differently once you're recovered than like how you're experiencing it you know if you're um full-blown in your eating disorder mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I'm just thinking like biology, it's just like, it's just another organism. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And your body doesn't know the difference. Like your body doesn't know that it's like cake versus an apple versus a bagel versus, you know, like we're the ones that put all of that emphasis on like the differences in it. Like your body is just breaking it down. of like, okay, what do we got here? Like, you know, like it's like tabbing out the, you know, like, okay you know, taking it in, breaking it down. All right. What can we utilize? Um, utilize what we can, you know, throw away the rest. Like it's not, 
It doesn't know morality of food. It doesn't. It just, oh, which is was super cool when I took biology and you're learning about cellular respiration and like mm-hmm. how they break the carbohydrates mm-hmm. <laughs> into like ATP and you're like, mm-hmm. what? My blown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like, here's the thing that they're telling you never to eat. It's like, but it literally caught, like creates, lets your cells like not mm-hmm. be dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, totally. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it is an immoral thing. And even like, I'm thinking about like people with food allergies, like even that's mm-hmm. not like a moral thing. It's more like mm-hmm. a side effect of, and, yeah. and you'll feel it. And then mm-hmm. you choose whether or not you want to eat it. Like yeah. people who are lactose intolerant, plenty of them still have. I'm raising my hand. Yep. <laughs> sometimes it's worth it and sometimes it's not. And so it's just really, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not good or bad is, mm-hmm. was this a good experience for me? And is it worth it to me? Totally. Yeah. I'm lactose intolerant. And sometimes I'm like, I need a milkshake like that. Just my soul needs a milkshake. And I'm like, I know that that will give me a stomach ache. And I take like the lactase, like enzyme pills that help me. So like, I can still have milkshakes. Um, and then other times I'm like, nah, not today. I can't <laughs> do a milkshake today. Like I, my stomach can't, like my stomach's busy with a lot of other stuff. I, just can't, I can't handle the milkshake today. I'm upset. Turns out I don't like Cheetos. It makes yeah. me a little sad, but it just doesn't feel good afterwards. And it's not yeah. worth I like the taste of it, it's not worth like my yes. tummy feeling like that. And that's okay. Yes. I don't I, like Cheetos. I, I feel weird because I get so giddy and happy when people say, like, oh, food is kind of disappointing, or like, I don't really, eh, I don't really like it. I get so excited. Because I'm like, yes, see, like you're engaging with the food in a way of like, you're asking, like, do I actually like Mm -hmm. this or not? Mm -hmm. And people are like, yeah, but I'm really sad and disappointed because like, I thought (laughs) I loved Cheetos. And I'm like, I know, but like, isn't it so awesome (laughs) that you know that? Like, (laughs) that's how I was. And I'm like, yeah, hold, Mm -hmm. you know, hold space for the grief of like, you thought that you liked this thing and it's actually not there anymore for you in that way. But like, it's not so cool. Oh, I took an intuitive eating group um, as a participant and we would like do mindful eat, like mm-hmm. mindfully eat stuff at the end. And mm-hmm. I remember we did like potato chips and it was like the most disappointing thing mm-hmm. because they were talking about like when you, what most people like the chips is how crunchy they are, but they're only mm-hmm. crunchy for like that first couple of bites. And then it turns mm-hmm. to mush. And you, if you don't mm-hmm. have more chips to put in your mouth to keep the crunch, then you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, this is just kind of like sad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) no Mm -hmm. I love totally Totally. Uh, but even that like but it's still creating an awareness around the food and the the experience and you choosing what feels good to you and what doesn't so like for other people maybe they're like yeah maybe I don't like chips enough to want to keep eating them and other people are like no it's like bomb and I need more chips Mm -hmm. in my life like exactly it's so it's just what's gonna feel good for you and how Mm -hmm. are you gonna let yourself be curious about what feels good to you Totally. Yes. It's recovering that curiosity. It's recovering that compassion. And just like, as you're talking, like, I feel like an Oreo snob. Like I, I love Oreos. Like I love, or just like cookies and cream, you know, flavored things in general, but like at the same time, like there's different, you know, like, like I don't like Trader Joe's Jojo's I'll eat them if, you know, that's the only thing available, but like, I'm, those aren't my favorite. And then like, Oreos are probably like the middle and then like Newman's those those are bomb like I will eat Newman's like those are like top tier for me but like 
you know, yeah, sometimes I'm like, I I'm, don't have access to Newman Zoe's, like Oreos will just have to do it. And like, mm-hmm. that's fine. And like, that's through like, you know, like I used to like, you know, binge on Oreos and kind of have like, no, like I remember going through a breakup and I went through, I don't even know how many packs of Oreos. <laughs> like it was probably like a trip to the store every day type situation. Um, and it's like, you know, it's kind of like holding space that's that was the process that I needed at the time and then also like I'm different with it now just like yeah you're you're assessing of like Mm -hmm. do I like it do I not like it what are the different flavors that I like or don't like you know like I'm now having a geeky therapist moment like you would be having a geeky like (laughs) moment with like you don't like that um (laughs) and just thinking like you know I always love it when people aren't as reactive and there's time uh-huh. to assess like what you want to do. And even if you mm. do end up doing the same thing, there was a lot mm-hmm. more intention instead yeah. of just like the creating the space. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love it when people do that. And I, and it's funny because a lot of people don't even realize that's what they're doing until mm-hmm. someone points it out. Like mm-hmm. you do realize that you didn't do the same behavior that you used to. And they're like, mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah, what? mind blown. You know, it's just, it's yeah. so cool. And that's why you need therapy. Like, you know, I, I go to a therapist and like, that's what you need. You need like an outside perspective. Cause you know, like it's easy to go in and be like, oh my God, like I did the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then as you kind of talk through it, it's like, oh, actually I did things slightly differently. Like that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> like I didn't even realize I did things slightly differently, yeah. you know? And when you're changing, it's going to always be like these little slightly different things until it builds up into mm-hmm. something that you don't even notice that you're doing, mm-hmm. but it's completely different than how it was before. And it, when you notice mm-hmm. it, it's like the coolest thing in the world. Exactly. And that to me is a more realistic, like if we kind of think about like goal, you know, setting or goal oriented things, like I like to create goals with my clients, but at the same time, it's kind of like, those are like our, you know, like marker of kind of like where we're trying to head, but like, mm-hmm it's, it's going to be a slow build up to get there. You know, like we're trying to build like lifetime things here. We're not trying to do the 30 day cleanse where we like meet our goals. And then we, you know, it's like, you know, again, all or nothing binary, like, no, we're trying to build towards new and different things. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, yeah. So like learning to embrace that journey, mm-hmm. I guess like on that note, as we're wrapping up, do mm-hmm. we have any last, last thoughts that we mm. want to share tips, uh, tricks? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What you're supposed to do. I, yeah. I think for me, what was super helpful and what I, um, try to really like incorporate a lot into working with people, you know, working with clients in my sessions, it's just like, again, like it, it looks so different. And I think that we kind of have these ideas of like what recovery looks like. And so when we're not there, it's kind of like, yeah, it feels like disheartening. Um, or even just like intuitive eating where like, um, just for an example of like, you know, like you can emotionally eat as an intuitive eater. (laughs) Like I emotionally eat all the time. Like I'm a human being, like 
emotions are incorporated in our foods. Like I get happy when I eat certain foods, like I get really elated if there's something that like tastes super good. Or like when I'm really sad, you know, I'm like, maybe I really want something like warm and comforting or just like something really nostalgic, like that's all okay. Um, And so it's like, it's things like that where, you know, maybe that's why it's, you know, like, working with someone through this recovery, um, but finding some sort of like community or like, you know, whether that's people that are going through it as well, or like working with a therapist and or dietitian, um, because it's things like that. It's like all the nuances of it. Like we might have like our eye on the goal, but it's like, you know, having someone to talk to about it just brings in the nuances of it or like reading a book or something, you know, that can really kind of like talk through because it's really hard to like summarize in just like a few snippets of like, you know, this is what it looks like. Cause it's just, it's different all the time because it's, it's life, you know, it's messy and it's life. And so I guess that's just what I have to say about it. It's just like, it does, it doesn't have to look a particular way. Um, there's so many different ways that it can look. And I think it's possible for everybody. I do like, I think that, you know, it can get really tough sometimes. And I think that maybe again, recovery might look differently for different people, but I definitely think to some degree, like you can definitely, you know, recover in the way that looks like what recovery looks like for you. Yeah, I love that. I like love all those little different, like those pieces of like humanists and just mm-hmm. those unique experiences. I'm like, I feel like I'm a broken record with the sense that I feel like I say the same thing, which is be compassionate with yourself. <laughs> but I also feel yeah. like it's needed because you do have yeah, to be yeah. compassionate with yourself every step mm-hmm. of this way because mm-hmm. it can be really frustrating, especially when you're hitting a new roadblock. Um, so maybe you overcame other things and now you're at this new part of your recovery and you're getting frustrated all over again. It's like, it's kind of like a video game where you're fighting the next boss and Mm -hmm. it's new and maybe you lost a few lives, but you're going to eventually get it. Yeah. Um, and just because it does take time, it took time for this to develop. It's going to take time for it to not be a thing. And it's Mm -hmm. also acknowledging that you're living in a world that doesn't actually support you the way that you are mm-hmm. makes it even more difficult. So making mm-hmm. sure you do have a community, whether it's, you know, friends and family who are more of the anti-diet mindset, if they're not there, because I know family can definitely, mm-hmm. friends and family can also be part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Where can you find people who share that same mindset because it's going to be hard for you to like stay your ground when you're the odd one out not because that you're wrong or anything it's just it's a lot harder to have to like fight all the messages of society when you have no support so exactly yeah so be kind to yourself as you're navigating this because it can be a challenge and it can be completely worth it I mean everything Mm -hmm. in life is a challenge so it's not like this even if you don't want to recover, you're still mm-hmm. going to have challenges. It's just, it's just the challenge that you want. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess I want to bring in like a last little, like where, yeah, like we've said throughout, like, this is really hard. <laughs> like This is not easy to do and it's challenging, but at the same time, like there can be joy, like there can be fun. There can be like, and I think it's part of like recovering that like joy and fun and spontaneity spontaneity and creativity and like intuitive 
self, you know, living, like it's, you're trying to like recover those parts. So like bringing that in, like anytime that you can like feel joy about, you know, like, Oh, you know, this used to be a binge food and now I can eat it, you know, no problem. Or like, I'm bored with it. Like, yay. Like let's celebrate that, you know, like bringing it in as much as we can, because it is tough and rough, but it doesn't have to be like, you know, super intense and serious all of the time. Like it's okay to bring in like a lightness and a playfulness when we can. Exactly. And I love that. Mm-hmm. With on that note, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you so much. I was going to say until next time, but I don't know if we'll have a next <laughs> yeah. time, but thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I know. Better see like this was a great, you know, series and a great episode. And so, you know, it always feels good to kind of like feel like we, you know, did something. We like completed something, but at the same time, it's sad to, to yeah. have it be done. And it feels like a termination session when I have with the clients. Normally, it's like, well, I'll see you next week. And then it's like, <laughs> then oh, it's like, oh. <laughs> I won't. So, with that. Yeah, we'll see you again when we see you again. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, I always like to leave the door like a little open, like if even if people don't see me anymore, like you kind of like, you know, if you ever in the future need to, mm-hmm. you know, say like my doors are open again. So I, I want to say the same for us, like, you know, yeah. never know in the future, we could do more of these. <laughs> yes. Well, take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure to leave us a review. If you would like to know more about us, go to katiegaston.com or healingwithgroup.com.